What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Common Man's NBA podcast, Bench Chatter. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah. Coming back to you guys on this beautiful Tuesday night amidst some phenomenal playoff basketball. Noah, I, I'm back. I'm ready to talk some basketball. Uh, I'm excited to be back, too, Colin. You know, we had to take a little break. The fantasy basketball season uh, took a little toll on us. You know, we deserve some me time. Mm-hmm. But basketball never sleeps, Colin, and I'm I'm ready to get back into the swing of things. We got a lot of content lined up for you boys over the over the next couple months. Yeah, absolutely. Like I feel as though I understand the like grind hard Instagram accounts now after doing our fantasy basketball podcast. Like I woke up every day. I did ten hours of working out. I ate breakfast seventeen times. All for this, dude. All for this. <laughs> I kind of miss it, Con. I uh, kind of miss doing my thing every Sunday with you. It's a, uh, it's a little lonely now. I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, no. I just talk to myself in my room. I'm like, hey, this LeBron <laughs> Jimmy's guy. He really, uh, he doesn't know how to play basketball anymore. It starts to suck. <laughs> Oof. All right. Um, I think what we're going to do for you today, boys, is, um, and we know we're a couple games late into the second round, but we're still going to give you guys a little preview. Um, me and Colin are going to give our thoughts on how we think the series play out, and then we'll give you our official predictions, which um, I think will be a real good time, Colin. How does that sound? Hey, you know what? That sounds absolutely phenomenal. Move into the actual second round now where things are shaken up, what's looking spicy, and uh, where we want to go from here. I'll let you choose, Colin. Um, what series do you want to preview first? All right, well, let's start out with the Sixers and the Hawks, because that happened today, of all days, uh, Game 2. No, that was a spicy game one, and, and definitely not one that I think a lot of fans were expecting to see. Yeah. I will give a lot of credit where credit is due to one Trey Young and his supporting cast because they could not miss from deep for the first three quarters. They just couldn't. Yeah, that was a really interesting game one, Con. Um, the series currently tied at 1-1, going back to Atlanta. But in that game one, Con, we saw Danny Green start off as the guy defending Trey Young. And that just blows my fucking mind, Con. I don't get how you can have a guy in Ben Simmons who is who's going to probably finish second in defensive player of the year voting, not on the best player on the Hawks. Isn't that just fucking mind-boggling? And you know what's more mind-boggling about it? Is you also have Tybalt, who is probably going to, probably should, make a defensive team. He should probably be on the second team. Yeah, there's some, um, there's some really interesting stats from that game, one con. Um, the Sixers threw multiple bodies at Trey Young 15 times in that game, and they ended up scoring on nine of those 15 double teams, the Hawks. Wow. That's impressive. Um, 
I mean, another, that's uh, not something you can just teach. Another, yeah, Trey Young's super good at keeping his dribble alive, anticipating the double team. Um, another crazy stat from that con is the Hawks had eight and ones that game. Wow. Finishing at the rim. That's some strong boys right there. But, um, you know, Colin, we kind of clowned the... I wouldn't say clowned, but we did question um, some of the Hawks' off-season acquisitions over um, last summer. But Kalinari's looking good, man. With that Mohawk, um, he's... They're, they're coming. The bench players are coming through for the um, Sixers, Con. I, I know I sent you the pictures, but the plus-minus after that first game, every Hawks starter was in the minus... Every Sixers starter was in the plus, but the Hawks bench, they had multiple guys plus 12, plus 16, plus 17, and the Sixers, all of their bench guys were minus six or worse. Wow, yeah. And a lot of that is attributed to how that game ended because the Hawks were up by 25 with about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And the Sixers got to within two. Oh my God! Kevin Huerter was shitting his pants out there. <laughs> that guy did not know what to do. That guy. It looked like a goddamn AAU game. Kevin Huerter's um six seven con, and somehow he looks like the shortest six seven guy while also being like the <laughs> tallest six two guy at the same time. Dude, he's five nineteen. <laughs> Someone, someone had a tweet and was like, "Chris Abbsporzingis ain't seven three anymore. He five foot twenty seven. That's where I got that from. I'd be mean, repurposed so that could be my joke. You know, I don't want Twitter, you know, coming at me like that's my joke. Yeah, and Joel, Joel Embiid had thirty nine points in that first game, Colin. Um, yeah, and he had forty tonight. What What is your like? What are your X factors or your keys to that series for either team? For either team, I mean, still to me, despite how electric game one was, it's the 76ers series. I mean, I would not be shocked in the slightest if this series is over in five. Mm-hmm. I think that the Hawks need need to shoot lights out from three. I think you need um, a couple guys stroking above 40, 45% in single games. Your role players, I think that you need to spread the floor. I think that Trey Young needs to keep his tor- turnovers to an absolute minimum. Um, I think that you need to body up Joel Embiid, try to get him in foul trouble. That would be my first quarter plan. I want to leave the first quarter with Joel Embiid having two fouls. And then from there, I leave Ben Simmons wide open. You need to put a body on Tobias Harris in in a way that allows for Tobias to be getting. I, I don't even. I don't even know. I don't know how you defend the 76ers because. Because you put you focus on Tobias Harris and you leave him beat open. I guess you, you have to acquiesce that Tobias Harris, if Joel Embiid is your main focus, is going to have himself a night. And you just hope that keeping Embiid to a minimum allows your offense 
to just totally run with it. You gotta put up 120 and hope that you keep the 76ers to 115. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Tobias Harris is my X factor for the um, Sixers. Um, really in this in their whole playoff run that they're gonna make. Um, we know what Embiid's gonna bring every night. We know that it's gonna be hard for Ben Simmons to score when defense is really locked down. They're gonna take advantage of him. And it comes down to Tobias Harris. He's going to get open shots. He's going to have the chances. And he just has to show up, Colin. Um, He can't be a C.J. McCollum for the Sixers if they realistically want to win the finals. Um, I think a guy that might be a little slept on this series is I think Shake Milton has to score double-digit points every game of this series if the Sixers want to win. Um the Sixers are getting nothing from their bench, realistically, Colin. Um, Matisse Thibel has to come in off the bench and really focus on just defending Trey Young. And if they can't get at least double-digit points from just Shake Milton, I think they're going to have a super hard time beating the Hawks, beating the Nets, the Bucks, whoever makes it out of that next series. Um, yeah, I think yeah. someone on that Sixers bench has to go off every night, whether it's Shake Milton, Furkan Korkmaz, whoever. Um, for the Hawks... Mm-hmm. For the Hawks, we know what Trey Young. Trey Young's going to show up every night. Um, as hard as you try defending him, he's just so good. He's gonna he's gonna get his. But I think John Collins has to show up big time in this series. Con he has to take advantage Absolutely. of having Tobias Harris on him. And we see in the first game he scores twenty one, they win. Tonight he drops eight points, they lose. It's almost as simple as that. You think so? So an interesting stat, stat I'm going to throw at you is. The 76ers were up one at half. Yeah, they walked into half up one or two, and their bench didn't score a single point. In the first half, the Hawks had 30 points off their bench. Wow. Wow. That's that's crazy. To your point. I mean, you know, the 76ers really, you know, started to break away in the third quarter and then just took it to town in the fourth quarter. But you're right. I mean, that means in the second half, their bench put up 26. Chick Milton had all 14 of his points in the second half, and he was lighting it up by the end of that game, dude. And I know, Colin, that this is a 1-5 series, which people may think there is a, like, big gap between those two teams. But actually, since March 1st, Atlanta is 31-12. and 12, And since March 1st, Philly is 30-12. and 12. So we're looking at two teams that have been playing well, that are pretty even in um, talent. Uh, it really comes... This is going to be a good-ass series, Colin. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, you want to give me your official pick for this series, Colin? Um... I'm gonna be bold. I don't. I don't like lukewarm takes. Sixers and five. Okay. Not where I thought you were going with that one. The uh, the gentleman sweep. You know, I want to be bold too, Con. Um, my heart wants to say Hawks and six. I I really do. Um, what? I think they have a really good chance at winning this series, Con. Um, but but my mind. My mind, Con, my very sound mind, says Sixers and five, I think, is a bit 
asinine low key. I think it's Sixers and I'll go Sixers and six. Um, yeah, Sixers and six, baby. Let's go. But I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta wins this series. No cap. Um, I like how they can. I like how Atlanta can create shots like in a pinch, which I don't really mm-hmm. trust the Sixers to do. Um. I think that they can create the three ball in a pinch. And I don't trust the Sixers to do that. But if you're telling me to get a bucket in crunch time, I mean, uh, I'm going to pick Joel Embiid out of uh, the players available to me right now. I mean, that man down low, he's just he's just too good. He's put up 39 and 40. Like, you're telling me that Embiid can't get the bucket? Of course Embiid can get the bucket. All right, well, we're on the same team here, bud. No, you're on a very <laughs> different team than me. All right, should All right, we get it? I want to uh, get into the Nets Bucks con. Um, I, I have about a, to say. I have a lot of thoughts on this series. Um, as yeah, as of recording, the Nets are currently up 2 0 on the Bucks con, and I'm kind of mad. I'm kind of mad at the Bucks. Um, I'm mad at Giannis Attentacumpo con. I'm just going to throw a lot of stats at you right here. Um, in the Go series, Giannis has attempted 10 free throws with the Nets starting Blake Griffin at center. Um, and he's attempted eight threes in this series. So 10 free throws versus eight threes attempted for Giannis. Okay. That's that's crazy right off the bat. That's so stupid. Um, stupid low. Yeah, that's that's awful. The Nets have been playing really well, Con. They're shooting 44% from three this year um, in the postseason. Uh, the Bucks in the first game, Con, shot six for 30 from three-point land. In that game alone, Joe Harris had five threes by himself. In nice. <clears throat> you know, to blame Con, I look at I look at Giannis not being aggressive enough. I look at Mike Budenholzer, who I have no clue how has he has found himself in these situations. Um, the Bucks are going to fire him when they lose this series, inevitably. You know, Colin, Giannis has only played 40 minutes or more in a playoff game twice and 35 minutes or more five times. And that's where I think this series comes down to. In the first game, Colin, Kyrie played 44 minutes, KD played 45 and I think that's just mm-hmm. them having the advantage of having Steve Nash as their coach, a guy who was a player who knows in these playoff games that you have to play these guys big minutes if you want to win. And that's right off the bat, that's one of the biggest factors in this game for me. If Budenholzer is going to keep playing his bench eight, nine guys deep, not play Giannis, Drew Holiday, Middleton, 40-plus minutes, they might get swept, Con. Like, it'll be a competitive four games, but they might get swept. I agree. I agree. And the craziest part is the Nets are doing this without James Harden now. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have, an, do we have an update on when Harden is expected to be back. No, they like tried to play it off sounding like he was day-to-day, but realistically, yeah. he might not play this whole series. Which is looking like it might not be a problem. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, 
the Bucks are favored on on Thursday night. They're a minus three and a half. That to me is free money. I mean, another guy, mm, Colin. No. Can we just talk about yeah. Chris Middleton? I mean, another CJ yeah, McCollum like guy, man. This guy just cannot yeah, show up in the biggest moments. I think in the first game he had 13, and in the second game he had 15. And he's my X factor for the Bucks, Con. Uh, we know Giannis is probably going to score 30 plus every night just because of the lack mm-hmm. of front court depth for the Nets. Drew Holiday has his fucking plate full enough with guarding Kyrie and KD whenever he, um, he has the opportunity. And Chris Middleton's got to be there. He's got to be bringing the 25-plus points every night if the Bucks even want a chance to win this series. And so far, he hasn't showed up, and the Bucks have lost both of those games, Colin. Yeah, and I think that's the way it's going to continue to go, and I agree with you. It's, it's on the coaching staff. I mean, it's it's the whole LeBron method. I'm not going to play my heart out in the regular season because it doesn't matter. But when the playoffs come around, I am on the floor 44 minutes a game if I need to be. Oh, my gosh, dude. Blake Griffin looking like the perfect glue guy for that Nets team, Colin. He's looking like prime Draymond Green out there right now. Yeah, well, and... People forget he is the NBA dunk champion. I mean, talk about a sandbag, though. Yeah, total sandbag. Total sandbag. Because Blake Griffin looks like an all-star. Blake Griffin looks like an all-star. I mean, that guy. I think there's an argument to be made there, Colin, that when he was in Detroit, you know, when he wakes up in the morning, what does he have to look forward to? He lives in Detroit. He plays on a shit-ass team. And I think him getting traded to the Nets may have gave him, like, another feeling of, like, purpose in life. You know, I don't know Blake Griffin, but uh, he looks like a whole new fucking player out there. He looks like L.A. Clippers Blake Griffin with more finesse you know what? I was actually... I went back and I listened today to the part of my take interview that they did with Blake right after he'd gotten traded to the Nets. And his biggest comment was they had asked, um, well, they had asked if uh, Kyrie ever took took turns at being coach because he had said that he wanted everybody at some point to be coach. And so they asked him if Steve Nash was mostly the coach or if Kyrie ever stepped in. and, And he, like, laughed it off. But his point was that he kind of forgot that on good teams, the players are the ones making a lot of the decisions come practice in the game prep because they're the ones that have to go and execute. They're the ones that are out there. And not every coach needs to be uh, an X's and O's guy. Not everybody needs to be a Brad Stevens or a Nick Nurse. You know, sometimes it's just about managing those personalities, hearing their voices, letting them be superstars and just going for it because it's clearly working. I mean, we said it. We said it when this team assembled. They can put up 140 a night. Any given night, they can put up 140 points. And, yeah, if uh, you've got guys like Joe Harris and Blake Griffin as your uh, four and five guys, you're set up pretty well. Yeah. 
Um, before I give you my official pick, Colin, I actually have, if Mike Budenholzer is listening right now, Colin, I have the yeah, key to help right. them get back into this series. As All we right, know, Come on, time. as we know, the Nets are starting Blake Griffin at five, Colin. And yes, the Bucks it. should not start Brooke Lopez. Um, to me, the Bucks need either Brooke Lopez, who has had two pretty good games to start the series, Colin. They need him or Giannis out on the floor at all times to take advantage of the lack of size that the Nets bring. So to me, you don't start Brooke Lopez, you start Giannis at the five. And I think that would help them get back into this series, realistically. Interesting. And so walk me through your process defensively of who's on who. You gotta put Giannis on. Um you have to put Giannis on KD. That's a no brainer. Yeah. Um you have to put PJ Tucker on Blake Griffin, and then everyone else just mm-hmm. slots down. Um Drew Holiday on Kyrie. Um Bryn Forbes or whoever starts on Joe Harris and then Middleton on yeah. Bruce Brown. And I think that matches up pretty nicely. And then Brooke Lopez gets to come in off the bench and take advantage. You know what? I hope he's listening. He better be listening. I t- because he wants to keep his I job. I think that he makes a whole be. ton of sense to me, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really thought... Um, I, I've disliked the narrative that Giannis can't do it in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, he's uh, he, he's still young. Um, and I really thought that this wow, Jazz be just won. they turn it around. Yeah, dude. Let's they go. Had a kill all right, all right. In the can't get this. Quarter. Yeah, keep going. Sorry. Wow. Three point game. Oh, Um. Oh, I lost my train of thought a little bit. I thought that this was the year specifically because the narrative was the Bucks can't do it. And they're a better team on paper than they have been in the past. But I guess it just, uh, that's not the way that um, the cookie crumbles anymore. You actually have to, to play off paper and on the court and on the court. It's just not translating, and whether that's Budenholzer, whether that's Chris Middleton not showing up, and whether that's the Nets just being the superior team. Yeah. <laughs> give me your pick, Colin. I want to hear it. Who you got? I'll give you another gentleman sweep. Uh, I think that the Bucks can, uh, can steal one at home and then uh, I agree. walk away and get smacked. I agree with you. I also think it's Nets and five. I think they'll split in Milwaukee, and then Brooklyn's just going to come back and smack him at home one more time, which is really sad, Colin. This should be a seven-game series easy, especially without James Harden. Obviously, you would like to talk about the Suns, as we alluded to them at the beginning of the, the episode. And they're, they're getting the Nuggets. They're getting the Nuggets. How do you how do you feel about it? How, how do you like this matchup? 
Yeah, so what I saw from the last series con was that Denver's guards were basically able to... They were at least able to keep up with um, Portland's back guards. I think this. I think this series comes down to guard play, and I think the Suns just have the better team, um, especially without Jamal Murray. Um, we know Jokic is going to go off, but DeAndre Ayton came to fucking play. He's going to do as good of a job as anyone can right now guarding Jokic, and I think that Devin Booker and Chris Paul at the end of the day just outplay the Nuggets here, Colin. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm going to agree with you that the Suns holistically have just a little bit more star power. I think that without Jamal Murray, they lack that true scoring guard the Nuggets do. And mm-hmm. I think that in crunch time, that, that tends to hurt. It's easier in crunch time to ISO Jokic and move the the shots onto a guy like Campazzo and say, okay, you hit it. Or even a guy like Aaron Gordon. Whereas with the Suns, you have Devin Booker, who plays such solid ISO basketball. I mean, truly one of the best in the NBA. And you have Chris Paul, who can do the same. I mean, the Chris Paul elbow jumper is, is always there. And... I think that it's just going to come down to Devin Booker purely outscoring anything that the Nuggets can do with him. I, I think this. I think this series goes seven. I do. I want to say mm, that. Right hmm. Hmm. I don't. You're telling dis- me that. You- I don't disagree. My official pick will be Suns and six. But I could easily see this going seven, just because how good Jokic is playing right now. But I, I really just don't see Denver being able to stop Devin Booker. Um, and Phoenix is way too good defensively on the other end. But if DeAndre Ayton does get in foul trouble, the Suns do not have front court depth, so no. it could get spicy. But well, yeah. you know who we can see then? We could see Frank the Tank. Oh, mama! So you mean Jokic Jr. I mean Jokic Sr. Oh, he's his dad. Oh, okay. He's his dad, even though he was drafted after him. Still his dad. You know what? You know what, Colin? I'm actually changing my pick. I'm going Suns and five, baby. I'm going Suns and five. Suns and five. Mm, That's bold. If you think that Jokic can't take two games by himself, I think you're... Suns and five. Give me your pick. I, I gave it to you. Sons, Sons and seven. seven. All right. I like it, Colin. Sons I think seven. when they win in five, you'll be crawling back to me. That's fine. That's fine. I'll crawl. I'll, I'll crawl. I might do a somersault as well. Sneak a few of those in. All right. Let's, All right. Uh, let's get this last one in real quick. Jazz yeah, versus yeah. Clippers, Colin. How do you feel about this series? I mean, the Clippers... Uh, from a media perspective, I, I don't know if there's a more exciting team out there. The amount of crap that that this team has gotten, I was listening to it to Titus and Tate today, and they said it that if Luca had, if Luca and the Mavs had beaten them on Sunday, Kawhi's gone. This whole thing, 
it would have been blown up. Kawhi's going to New York I, if they lose. I think that Kawhi's gone. They're trading PG. I think Bill Gates would have to come in and take the team from Steve Ballmer. They'd have to <laughs> they'd have to swap Morris twins. Like <laughs> I it it just it would be done, and and that was part of the hype I think for a lot of people was that holy shit this Clippers team that that had such a a resounding effect in, in the LA community for finally being decent if they're not they're not even gonna make it on the first round. They're never gonna make the conference finals and getting that out of the way from them I, I think is, is pretty huge. I think just getting over that hump obviously they lost tonight, you know I and I'm gonna give them this. The Jazz had a week of rest. They played Seven game series. Donovan Mitchell also dropped forty five. He was rested, no. That's but the why. Jazz, the Jazz didn't have Mike Conley. Rested. The Jazz didn't have Mike Conley. And because he was resting. <clears throat> I think. Um, no, I, I think. Go ahead. I think that Rudy Gobert will be both the reason that the Jazz could win this series and the reason they lose this series, Colin. If that makes sense. What? Oh, okay. Um, Let's hear it. We'll hear the man out. If Rudy Gobert can stay on the floor, Colin, um, he's he's just a presence that the Clippers really have no answer to. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, if they can play Rudy Gobert off the court, the Jazz will have such a hard time winning this series. Um, so I think Rudy Gobert is going to be huge in this series, both defensively and rebound-wise for the Jazz. Um, he's got to be able to stay on the court at all times when the Clippers are full strength, even when they go small ball. And I think Royce O'Neal has to have the series of his life guarding Kawhi. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Of his life. Or, Noah, on the flip side, let's uh, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Has has Paul George officially passed Pandemic P on to Kristaps? Is there still a chance? We gotta, to we gotta see a whole, we gotta see a whole playoff run. We gotta see a whole playoff run. He out was of four of seventeen from the field tonight. Oh mama, oh mama. Still dropped twenty. It was nine and ten from the line, but uh, those are kind of pandemic P numbers, dude. Kind of pandemic P numbers. I, I think yeah. this is. He goes I think five of seventeen from the field. The <laughs> I think this is going to be a really fun series, Con. Um, I think it goes six or seven minimum. And with a series going that long, Con, I think I just trust Kawhi Leonard at the end of the day and those game six or game seven to just will the Clippers by himself over the Jazz because you know the Clippers in theory have the two best players in this series. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I want to say the Jazz con, but I'm gonna go Clippers in seven. Actually, I think this goes a full seven. I think so as well, but I think that the Jazz take it. Let's I go. I think that they are such an evenly distributed team. I think that Bojan Bogdanovic is, in my mind, one of the most underrated players in the league. You forget he averaged twenty this year. Like, that somehow slips through the cracks because 
Jordan Clarkson has been such a presence off the bench, and Donovan Mitchell does Donovan Mitchell things, and Rudy Gobert gets so much attention for his rebounding and his defensive monstrosity that Bogdanovich just slips through the cracks. I mean, he shot 50% from three tonight. He put up 18 points. He's not a solid defender, but I also don't know if he's a liability. He's not. You know? He's He's got the size and the effort to not be a liability on the court. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was on Morris tonight, who was 4 of 14 from the field. We take that. So, yeah, I just think that the struggles that the Clippers had in putting this team together at the beginning of the year that we spoke about, they don't have a lot of 3 and D guys. Obviously, Nicholas Batum has, has really stepped up and has been electric from the corner. Um, but, I mean, if Marcus Morris is off, like that, those type of things could be detrimental. Luke Kennard had a nice night, but, you know, not a... Not exactly what you're looking for all the time. Alrighty, Noah. Um, electric episode. Happy to be back. Guys, we're, we're going to be coming at you with some more content here. We're going to be following the playoffs pretty closely. Um, pumped to be back, and, and let's get it. Basketball is exciting, Noah. Basketball is so exciting. Let's get it. I can't wait to come back on these predictions, Colin, and see how they play out. Alrighty, let's see him. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, guys, the Common Man's NBA podcast, and we will see you soon. Peace. Deuces.